and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better. It is Thursday, of course, and I am joined by the usual crew of Tony Calvin, Daryl Carter and Dan Barber to preview all things ITV Racing on Saturday. And it's a pretty packed schedule, so we will just kick straight on because we have a lot to get through. So TC, I'm going to come to you first, please, for Weather Watch, because we might get a bit of decent ground up north for Kelso and Doncaster, mightn't we? No. No. Okay, good start. Um, what about the snow bomb? Isn't there a snow bomb I've read about? It's, it's a bit of frost around. It's minus two. But uh, the rain watch, um, Kelso's good to soft. Uh, they've got about eight mil dew. It starts start from about one o'clock on Friday. It has been a lot worse, but that's just improved in the last hour. But the BBC site says it could be a lot, lot wetter than eight mil. But So that might be a concern. Some good ground horses at Kelso. Newbury's mixture of soft and heavy. They've got 10 mil coming in until race time. Doncaster, a mixture of good to soft and soft. And the latest forecast, as, as of about an hour ago, they are expecting 12 mil in the next 48 hours. So all up in the air, really, a little bit, yeah. Okay, well, that's not quite as hopeful as I was. On your chips, on yeah, a little bit. I didn't realise the forecast was quite that disappointing uh it's kelso where i hope misses that eight mils they are clearly uh forecast courtesy of tc and weather watch and kelso is where we are going to start where of course the feature is the more battle hurdle uh itv racing will be taking four races from there so we will kick off with the 142 which is their first race and the card's first race and dan barber i'm going to start with you here for the two and a half mile handicap hurdle please because you're so well prepped for today uh it's so fury john joe neal is your seven to two market leader pentland hills the old boy in there five to one serious operator for lucinda russell's yard is also five to one those are your top three that's all i'm gonna do because as i said busy show so what do you fancy here dan well busy show but first tip at kelso is to go and have have a scotch pie um get warm around the braziers it's a beautiful race course and i recommend anyone who can go should go it's an absolutely gorgeous place and a scotch pie a scotch pie it's, it's a pie with scotch in it it's just sort of various meat it's nice though uh, with brown sauce uh, the opening race of the of Kelso's card, I think features a potentially very well-handicapped horse who's been the horse of money in the lead-up to it on the sports book, the Kaluki kid. Just don't see a horse of, who's been mixing it with the calibre of opposition that he has at Doncaster in a race that looked a bit Egan Spoon at the time, didn't it? Jericho de Repinay, scrambling finish, but Lumpsum has done nothing to let that form down in holding the reopposing fiercely proud last weekend. He's got a mark of one, two, four. I don't go on rumours and stuff like that. But there was a notion that this was possibly Nicky Richards' best novice. And I think he'd have kept him to novice company if that wasn't deemed to be the case. And exploiting a mark of one, two, four against a lot of horses who are more exposed than him, I thought looked a very realistic assignment. I am I am surprised that we're still able to get 11 to two. Um, a bigger price than Pentland Hills, for instance, and, and serious operator. Okay, Kaluki Kid then at 11 to 2. Dan announcing that he's not into rumours. Barry Orr before the show was quick to tell us he didn't like rumours either, Daryl, wasn't he? He was indeed. I got told off last week in the comments for laughing as we were starting because I was keeping the audience out of the joke. So 
trying to keep it together before we started today. I certainly I, I, thrive off those comments, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, them. I, uh, I totally agree with Dan, uh, the Kaluki kid for me. Um, really disappointed to see his price crash just before we came on. Um, but he's a progressive young horse. I didn't think... I thought the dropping trip at Doncaster back to two miles and given the way the race panned out, it turned into a sprint over the final two hurdles just really didn't suit him, uh, particularly from where his position was in the race. Stepping back up in distance is is, is what his pedigree suggests he wants. Uh, he's a thriving improver. I didn't think anything else was was thrown in here and I thought a market one, two, four for him was was very workable indeed. I expected him to be a clear favourite um, and he's not. I was coming in here quite bullish when he was sort of like double figure price, 10 to one. But that that just quickly disappeared very, very quickly. And uh, I'd still be very interested at 11 to 2. OK, then we have two votes for the Kaluki kid. Uh, TC, are you going to make it three? Uh, no, obviously, the opening 12s uh, was was far too big. It went from 12s to 17 to 2 to 8s to 11 to 2 by about half 12, I think. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the 12s was clearly wrong. Um, it wasn't only with the sportsman. There's a couple of other firms with that price as well. Uh, now, I think 11 to 2 is is obviously the more realistic price. I thought, um, uh, I thought oh, the one I wanted to be with was Serious Operator, what I thought was a, a very solid fifth in the um, Lanzarote last time when wouldn't buy a, a claimer who's only won from 46 this season. So, uh, with the Wadge Wadge guy back on, um, I thought Serious Operator at fives would be the way I would lean. But I just looked at the race and I just thought they were far too much. It's only nine runners, but you can easily make a case for all of them. Um, I got Pennington Hills. Obviously, they've been waiting for the waiting for good decent ground, so they won't want too much rain for that. And the stable mate Russian ruler, mark of 122 back over hurdles. I know he's a complete monkey, but if he puts it all in, he could laugh at that kind of mark. So I won't be having a bet. And if I but if I was serious operator of five to one, uh, course winner. Good fifth in the good fifth in the lands rotty last time would be the way out of lean. Okay. Onwards we go then uh to the novices hurdle, the grade two Daryl, over the two miles and just the two furlongs. And um, plenty of prize money up for grabs here. Django Django Bay is your six to four favourite, obviously grade one winner from Christmas time, but defeated when we last saw him by the Ben Pauling train handstands. And of course, Ben Pauling has personal ambition in here at nine to two second best in the market. So he'll want the handstands form to be stood up, but he'll probably also want to win this, won't he? Yeah, he'd probably want to win this more than he cares about the form. <laughs> um, but look, Django Bay's the one to beat the, the four horses he's bumped into. Like no flies on him and his point to point. Tell her the name at Ascot who beat. Uh, favor and fortune will win the grade one toll worth or what was the toll worth of entry and then handstands like it's it's you know the novice division in, in britain is not that deep but that is as, as good as it gets really he's, he's a fair price he's under a penalty um taking on mainly northern sort of horses here should be a slightly easier task for him i don't i don't really want to weigh in with him but um he's the most likely winner in my opinion Dan, do you have an interest in taking Django Bay on in any form? You need to take yourself off mute, and we have been here before because we are a professional setup. <laughs> we are an old age. No, I just lost my voice for a second. Um, oh, okay. uh, the the concerns, I think. I mean, we've been having this chat in the WhatsApp group, haven't we? That people aren't exposed to about stable form and inverted commas. Daryl's nailed these colours to his the mast on one side and. I'm slightly on the other, which is fine. It's, it doesn't bother me if we disagree. Um, 
But I also don't want to be taking six to four about Django Bay because I want to see the stables horses finishing the races and getting involved at the end of races and seeing things out. When over Friday, Saturday, they had six horses pull up last weekend. Um, the other thing is I'm surprised he's out so soon, three weeks after Huntingdon, because the ground was really bad there. It was The next Huntingdon meeting was called off because the, the river had burst. Um, and he did, it wasn't a brutally hard race, but he still had a proper race trying to chase down a good one. I'm going to oppose him each way with a couple who's who don't have the same level of ability, but I'm anticipating a strongly run race with Canic Park and personal ambition. Going back to front running seemed to really suit personal ambition the other day, so I don't see why they change it. And Canic Park is a free-going front runner. I'll have a few, I'll have a dart each way on Bertie's ballet at 25s. He might have got close to favour and fortune under different circumstances at Weatherby. He cantered all over Norman Fletcher. Don't think he lost a great deal in defeat last time. He also won the bumper, um, the good bumper on the that series final in March of last season. So I thought he was an interesting contender. I do think personal ambitions form is good. That defeat of Jinko Blurry is particularly well from Warwick, but I'm going with Bertie's ballet each way at 25s. Okay, big shout from Dan Barber then. What about you in here, TC? Yeah, I think Django Price, uh, Django Bay is underpriced at six to four. I mean, the stable form is, I know for a fact, they are worried, full stop, about the about the, about this, the stable. They made no bones about that. Um, so, but I've got no, I've got no, you know, qualms about going with a stable or going for a, a lean spell as long as the price is right. And it's clearly not about Django Bay under a five pound penalty. The one I liked in here is is personal ambition. The Sportsbook are bottom price at nine to two years, sixes and thirteen to two elsewhere. But um, I think you can make a decent case out for him. As Dan said, his competition for the lead if he goes from the front. But if you rule out the sand down run on heavy ground, uh, which I'm always very, very willing to do, you know, his form either side of that is pretty impressive. Um, even not uh, with the five pound penalty that the the favourites carrying, he, he's only got four pounds of fine with Django Bay, and I just think the price differential is far too big. Um, so yeah, uh, personal ambition for me, but I'd be looking for you know five sixes upwards on the exchange win only. Okay, uh, TC, I'd like to stay with you, please, for the more battle hurdle um, yeah. over the two miles, the handicap hurdle under control. The mayor in here for again, Nikki Henderson, given everything you've just said about you know what well, everyone's saying about stable form, eleven to four favorite she is with that grade graded form coming into it and of course she's one of a few in here with those Cheltenham entries the bonus on offer for that who wins the more battle hurdle goes on to win the race at Cheltenham um who else in here has those sort of options in terms of the bonus is that the way you're looking at this race no not not I'm just looking at this race in isolation the first thing to say is the sportsbook of five places here and the other bit of housekeeping is um, this race was oversubscribed. There were 22 declared this morning for a maximum field of 18. So if you have backed either Parker Nantiade, Collingham, Jitcott, or Lively Citizen, if you back those anti-posts, make sure you get your money back because they were banned. Well done, out. TC. Well done. So that, that's important because some bookmakers, in fact, nearly all bookmakers, don't know their own anti-post rules. And a lot of people, when they go on live chat and stuff like that, they get told no. It's anti-post, it's not running, you've lost your money. That's not the case. If you back any of those four, 
make sure you get your money back and don't take no for an answer. So that's that out of the way. Under control, um, 11 to 4, no. Um, they, they, like I said, if that Kelso, I mean, that was, they were expecting 14 mil on the main site I use, and that's downgraded to 8 mil, but it's a changeable feast that forecast. I've been, I've been tracking it uh, since uh, last night. And so they wouldn't want too much more rain for under control as well as that stable form. But I've got no doubt whatsoever. She's a very well handicapped horse of 138 given optimum conditions. I'm just worried about 11 to four in an 18 minor handicap with rain forecast. You know, it's, it's probably one to, if you fancy a backer on the day, once you know how much rain has landed, um, can see why the money's come from the sportsman with Black Hawk Eagle, 11 to, to fours. I was thinking that I was I was definitely going to tip her 11 uh, tip him at 11 to two uh, each way with those five places before the before the price shortened. Um, so I pulled that. I think Benson 11s five places. He's very fair last year's winner. But the one I came down with um, uh, is Ganapathy 100 to one each way five places. I think the place part of that bet is huge. Now. He couldn't have had, he couldn't have a more different profile to under control in the in the sexiness stakes because he's he's coming here off the back of five chase starts. Uh, he's and like I said, he he hasn't you know he, he's good Irish form. He's he's a distance away, isn't he? I mean, this is this horse actually finished uh, went off sixes for a, a county hurdle and went, uh, ran off 145 in a Coral Cup, um, having fallen at last when in with every chance in a Grade One. Punch down previously, but that was like 21-22. So you'd be clutching at straws there. But obviously the back the back form is there. But the reason why I'm backing him is because he's dropped 12 pounds for five chase runs this season, and he ran a lot, lot better last time at Musselburgh, where he showed a lot more zip and a lot more fight uh to finish third there. So I just think given his back class, given that run last time, given the return to hurdles, I thought I thought a hundred to one. Each way, five places, like I said, win, no, the win part, I don't expect, but I love the fact I'm getting such a big price for about five places. So Ganapathy, each way, 101 with a sportsbook, five places. God, we've had some big prices thrown into the mix on this show already. Uh, Daryl, I'll come to you next. You were with Django Bay, and despite that uh, Nicky Henderson form in our previous race, uh, are you with... I suppose under control then as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think she's the best horse in the race. I think she's well handicapped. I think she goes up north. She's take. She's taking on. You know, it's all due respect to, to the northern horses. They are. They are. You know, technically lesser horses than she would be facing oh, down down this it's way. It's hurting me. Yeah, like, like it is true though, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's hard to say it, but without disrespecting anyone, but but it's true and. And look, I didn't think she'd mind any rain. I don't think she'll mind what the ground does. She's the best handicapped horse in the race. Uh, Nikki Henderson's got a bit of a mixed record in this, but uh, he's very rare, a rare visitor up at, up at Kelso these days. She's just the best horse in the race. Uh, I put her up earlier in the week at seven to two because I thought that she would be backed in sort of like five to two, 11 to four. And then sort of you got a bit of a decision to make. I'm happy where I sit anti post position with her. Um, it's a big weight for a small filly to carry, but. Yeah, the, the stable form, as you know, wouldn't worry me. Um, particularly when you go through the runners that has actually that Nikki has actually run over the past sort of four, three or four weeks. Okay, so difference of opinion on the stable form. We've been here before on this show, funnily enough. Uh, 
Um, Dan, you finally, please, for the more battle. Uh, we've had a, we've had the favourite thrown into the mix. A hundred to one shot. Give us some <laughs> between. Uh, I will actually. Yeah. Um. T- Tony's already mentioned it. He is a northern regular. But I thought Benson was really solid with the five places when he's likely to get a strongly run race. That's really what he wants. He's at optimum conditions, a soft ground, strongly run race around this sort of trip. And he's been back in the groove. And if Nicky's been not been having the winners at the same clip as usual, Sandy Thompson's certainly has. He's been having a sensational time of things. Horses seem in rude health. Now, it is a tricky race on. I can sort of see, I can see where Tony's coming from having a swing at something because if the heavens do open, I thought there were a fair few of these that, that might just run no sort of race. Think back to what Rear Wyatt did at Taunton, for instance, just thriving in a speed test. A lot of these are you'd air towards top of the ground, ex-flat horses that want an emphasis on speed more than stamina. Um, fair play to Dale. He's been all, all, all over this under control from the start of the season and would be add a real interesting dynamic, wouldn't it, if she's going for a double on the back of this, whichever race they choose at the Cheltenham Festival. But Benson, who didn't fire at Cheltenham last season on the back of winning this, I'm not bothered about that. This will have been the main target for him. I reckon they've worked backwards from it. And yeah, hopefully the, the rain comes because he can't have it soft enough. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick with you, please, Dan, for our last race we'll be looking at at Kelso, which is the Premier Chase, uh, the listed race. It's over just shy of the three miles. And Mongbeg Genius is the intriguing horse in here at the top of the market, 13 to 8, obviously last seen in the Coral Gold Cup. So progressive last season. Uh, hasn't quite fired this season, but hasn't really had the opportunities. And that Newbury run was far from bad. He's taking on I Wright, who's only been campaigned in veterans' races so far this season. So he'll find this a bit of a tougher challenge. Elvis Mail is also in there at 9 to 2. Thunder Rock. For Ollie Murphy at eleven to two, it's nice and competitive. This, but is this Monbeg's genius's opportunity, Dan, to get back in the winners' enclosure? Well, it definitely won't be for me at that price. I know Cloth Cap won this on route to going off favourite for a Grand National for John Joe, but ultimately winning the Premier Chase at Kelso is not the aim. The main aim is it. The main aim of his season is to try and win a Grand National. So I don't think it's beyond the realms that he's maybe a, a bit short fitness wise and at thirteen to eight. I don't need much excuse to try and. Overlook him now. What do we do with with I right? I mean, I've had a sequence, as Tony well knows in particular, of really bad gubbings in the days of doing this podcast, the days and years. But I nearly swore then. I right going fit ten lengths clear of Good Boy Bobby, the only horse that had raced with him at Chepstow, and then getting collared again by Good Boy Bobby. Is worse than that one that happened at Sandown a couple of years oh. ago. It's worse than Harper's Brook at Sandown. Um, yeah, absolute bruiser that was. But his Kelso record is so good. He's got optimum conditions. I know he's been doing it in veterans handicaps, but he's been doing it off high marks in good quality races. He's going to go from the front. He's going to try and see them all off one by one. He's run it. Kelso numerous times, three wins there. He's only once finished outside the frame, and I think that was first time out over the wrong trip. So I just thought I right was guaranteed to run really well. And I mean, he's really well treated by the weights as well, isn't he? And you could maybe Thunder Rock will put it together, but he, you never know how he's going to jump. The the strong finish at Musselburgh was really eye-catching 
just yet to put it together in a really competitive race. And I just think you know what you're going to get from I right. If something whizzes past him late on, fine. But I'm happy to take him and maybe even stick up and in running lane in case he does what he did at Chepstow. Oh, like it. Sneaky play. Uh, Daryl, you've been with the last two favourites. Are you with Monbeg Genius as well? No, I'm with Thunder Rock. Uh, I know he's got to give away four pounds here, but I'm hoping that will be negotiated by stepping back up and trip, bring out some further improvement in him. He, I was with him at Musburger the last day. He just completely outpaced the entire way around that tight track. And the finishing effort was that you had to be taken by the finishing effort. Um, I'm hoping going back up to three miles will suit him because they tried it in the Brown Advisory and they sort of went back to two and a half. But he's definitely, he's got so much stamina in his pedigree. He's bred to be, to be a three miler. And, for me, I, I, I can't believe his price, and I can only assume that's because he's got to give four pounds away. But I think there'd be more than four pounds of improvement in him to come stepping up in distance. Like <coughs> the, the form of some of his races last year is just, you know, it's it's as good as Monbeg Genius's, uh, in my opinion. So, uh, and he's taking on a couple of veterans that are basically <laughs> veterans that are in front of him in the market. I think he's far too big a price. Um, so I, I'd be looking to get with him. Okay, Thunder Rock currently eleven to two in the market with the sportsbook TC. Um, I'm gonna take a guess that Mongbeg Genius's price isn't for you like it wasn't, like it hasn't been for the boys thus far as well. No, I'd, uh, I quite like um, Michelle Moan, one of the part owners, to turn up and see Gordon or Peter Norton interviewer. That'd be quite good. Might get some <laughs> politics on racing TV. Um, no, I, I agree entirely with Dan. Um, I think I right could get the run of the race. I know Minera Drama goes forward and Monbeg Genius has gone forward in the past, but you think I right's going to go from the front. Um, great body of work at the course, as Dan said. Probably not far off a career best at the age of 11 last time when second at Warwick. And yeah, I, the freeze is easily the most attractive price in the race. Okay, well, before we move on to an actual veterans chase uh, down at Newbury, I obviously forgot to do the housekeeping up at the top of the show, which is to tell you that there's a completely free bet on racing multiples every weekend between now and Cheltenham with Betfair on the Sportsbook. And alongside the completely free multi available this weekend, our popular bet and get on racing multiples offer is available only to selected customers this Saturday. You need to check your carousel to see if you qualify and make sure that you opt in if you are eligible. T's and C's do apply. And as always, we want you to have fun with it, but please do it responsibly. Um, let's bounce down to Newbury boys and we will pick up the veterans handicap chase down there um, over the three miles, two furlongs and good bit of cash up for grabs here and as a result we've got quite a competitive event copperhead who's done it here before is your 11 to 4 market leader tc i'm going to come to you first here because i think you've had a bit of success with these veteran races tipping wise haven't you highland hunter is next best at nine to two omar moretti in there at five to two as well so it's tight at the top tc mm, not sure about my Oh, yeah, Sam, Sam Brown. Brown. Sam Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Brown. Yeah, that's yeah, thank uh, you. Thank you. An isolated incident. Um, <laughs> we'll come back to stable form here. And oh, here we because go. Because it's like I said, the, the key to stable form is to backing horses when the price compensates. Now, you're not under control, is, is, is 11 to 4 
regardless of the stable form. Django Bear is six to four, regardless of the stable form. So therefore, you are not getting compensated for the the obvious, you know, the the, the yard not firing. But what you are getting with eight to one Commodore, you are getting that factored that that factored into the price. I mean, I think Commodore comes here with the Nisha Williams stable firing. He's a four to one chance. So eight to one is is big enough, you know, to silence my doubts. Uh, she's literally just had a win at TC at Love Life. Yeah, like she, she's like she she had one at Bangor yesterday, I think. And I'm not reading too much into that, but Richard Hoyt before. Before Venetia Williams had those uh, Victorino and Lon Press uh, Ascot a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Betfair day, um, Richard Hall's forwarded me on some stats uh, before the race, just saying that she's in. Apparently, she's been in the worst form that she has been in for over four years. You know, runners beaten. The average over expected in twenty twenty four was before the last couple of days, obviously, was zero point four, which is absolutely shocking. So. Wow. You know, so so you you have to factor that in. Uh, so you just have to. But like I said, I like uh, this Highland Hunter could go forward here, but I'm hoping Commodore reverts back to front running tactics, and I think he will get the better of Highland front uh, Highland Hunter on the front end. And the key to Commodore is a falling handicap mark of 128. Uh, hopefully, an uncontested lead, and the fact he is just mustered when he's fresh. Now he was up to 142. I couldn't believe it when I remember, I think I tipped him and backed him that day. Probably one of the last winners I backed or tipped. Um, in, but when, when he won at Cheltenham, it was an absolute staggering performance. And I couldn't believe that was back in December 2021. So time flies. So if he can get on the front end of that mark against this field, I think he could take a shitload of pegging back here. And I think eight Ooh. to one, eight to one is a, is a big, big price about a horse that, like I said, if the stable yard was really firing, I'd be expecting half of that. So, yeah, Commodore 8 to 1 with the sports book. Win only because it has blowout potential, obviously. But, yeah, that'll do for me in this. He's a triple G. He's a triple G. Glorious galloping grey, isn't he? Oh, yeah. lovely. Well done. And he might just be getting the sort of best of it there, TC, with the tide maybe turning for the yard form-wise, but the price not reflecting that quite yet. Yeah, so like I said, when Hoyle sent those stats through, I just couldn't believe it but like i said it's uh it was shocking i mean so if people Paul... didn't get my rick flair material last week they're not going to get my usual gag about commodore should always be six to four no 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 you've made that before is that got something to do with a um computer yeah it was a com computer call. i'm not going to explain the job that's, that's that's what a great joke teller does not do i think for explaining his material uh, i think just in future dan just don't tell the joke because no one gets yeah. it what so, yeah, <laughs> pearls these are pearls before swine. At least, at least make it something obvious, like a Lionel Richie joke. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> right, Daryl. Daryl, what about you here with these veterans? Yeah, I thought it was quite a good bet in here, and it's uh, my old friend, musical slave uh, uh, on the dazzler. I uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's got a decent chance. Like he's a horse that I always tried to back the third time out, thinking he'd always need the first couple of runs. Like in twenty twenty three, that one third time out, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty, twenty nineteen. I kept an eye on him when he was running third time out this year. He, I thought he was going to go to Exeter for a veterans chase, and they didn't. They went to Ludlow, so I just gave it a watching brief because I know he likes Exeter. Um, and it's just watching him, I just thought he was given a very easy time of things. Like I just nursed around a little bit, almost like there was. Perhaps a 
I don't know, another target target for him. I know he's 11, but there's probably a, a good day left in him yet on the evidence of his latest run anyway. Um, and it's the springtime. It's the time to catch him. He's got a fantastic record in the spring. He's got five wins, two seconds, a third, and uh, I think a ninth in the Kim Mule in, in his career. So they, they've held off and waited to, to, to run him here. Um, he's gone well at this venue before. I think he's uh he's, he's well he's definitely well handicapped or he's he's handicapped to go well off this mark and I can see him just hunting around in here and perhaps picking him up late and, and quickening away. Won't mind what conditions to do, but everything seems right for him. Um, so double figures that he'd do for me. Yeah, I can't believe Copperhead's the favourite. Oh no, bless him! I used to love that horse. He he gallops so slowly nowadays, doesn't he? Oh, I like him as well, but that means we've got Commodore at eight and Musical Slim. At ten to one for Daryl Dan, so everyone so far looking away from, as you say, Copperhead and even the horses at the top of the market behind him as well. Are you doing the same in here? Yeah, I'm with Musical Slave as well. I mean, I thought it was a decent price at sevens earlier in the week, and they're making Omar Moretti favourite. That that Catterick race is basically you could say it's worthless. He was gambled on and won by thirty lengths. The time figure with us was eighty, winning off a mark of one hundred and twenty nine. So you wouldn't take any encouragement from what he clocked on that occasion. And he's not held his farm very well in recent years. Yeah, I thought it might be a plan. His last visit to a, to a veterans race, he was a well-backed favourite and won the extra race that Daryl mentioned. That form reads perfectly well in the context of this. He finds himself lowering the weights. He's not a good jumper, we know that. But he'll be out of the fire of what's likely to be a well-run race and his best run this season was first time out when fresh and they freshened him up again prior to this. So this is a day, obviously, traditionally, JP used to use the the, the Sapiro Sullivan silks, didn't he, for the, I think it was this, for the Greatwood Gold Cup. So I think it's a, and he had a great record in it, courtesy of that Nichols horse. I think it's a day that does mean quite a bit to him. And I wonder if Hobbsy's had this race in mind for this horse for a while. Oh, okay. Like it. Um. Dan, I'm going to stick with you then for the Greatwood Gold Cup, where Grander Dam is your seven to two market leader, clear cut favourite in here uh, over high stakes player in there, Stan Shepherd in the saddle, four to one, uh, Can Do Kid as well, five to one. Uh, it's a little bit tighter in behind, but we've got a standout favourite for this. And I thought it was maybe a bit more competitive than the market suggests. Yeah, they it seems still seems fairly open. They got seven to two fours, fives. Um, I thought the horse that should be about nearly half his price was Yetwal actually stepping down from the rarefied air of that race on Trials Day, won by Gar Law. I didn't I didn't anticipate Lawrence Lizard getting involved in the finish that day, but he's a mercurial customer. Il Rodoto was third. Talk about a horse you can set your watch by around there. And Jetois went as well as any, I thought, for a long way. He'd been off for three months, thought he needed the outing, even though he'd won first time out at Aintree. He's just a good quality, middle-distance horse who's fresh for the time of year. And the the booking of Dylan Johnston, for me, is is the icing on the cake. That £5 is really valuable. He's, he looks extremely promising. He's getting utilised by bigger stables, and rightly so, and... I always like that class angle. He's giving nine pounds away, but he's just a better horse than these. And by Grandeur Dam and maybe Bill Baxter, if you transported any of these into the race he ran in at Cheltenham on Trails Day, would any of them have shaped as well as he did? I don't think they would. 
Okay, so Jeff 12 for you then currently 7-1 to one on the sports book. And I think the reason that I was talking about the being a standout favourite is did I not just read out the wrong price for Grand Dam, who is actually 7-2 to two with sports book, which makes a lot more sense. So that flattens that out a bit more, Daryl. And as I say, story checks out there. Who did you fancy here? I was quite interested in the quick turnaround they're doing with Heltonham, who ran at Kempton mm-hmm. seven days ago, finished really strongly behind the... Uh, golden son who was obviously ready for his life that day at, at Kempton and Paul Nichols is um, this horse has not done a, a whole lot wrong really he had a really progressive profile last year um, he returns to Newbury today where he bolted up last year beating Numitor by five and a half lengths his mark of 130 on the finishing effort at Kempton last time which would have been a track tight enough for him he's a, he's a big horse that's surely got to be within reach and I, and I like the angle of coming back to a more galloping track for him I'm slightly concerned about the ground but more so hoping that Kieran Geffen just doesn't get there too soon because I'm not sure he's a horse that does a hell of a lot in front. Um, so I'd, I'd want him to be delivered late, but Newbury allows you to be able to do that. And I'm just very interested. The seven-day turnaround, that I think they might be striking while the iron's hot. So Heltonham for me. Heltonham then currently 9-1 to one with Sportsbook as we speak right now. Um, with that interesting, as he says, quick turnaround angle. TC, over to you. How are you playing this Great Wood Gold Cup? Yeah, I probably won't be playing it myself personally, but I can. I, I had Heltonham down as the uh, as the pick of the prices at nines. Uh, just, um, you know, it's it could well be heavy if they get the, get the rain. And obviously the horses took a while to come back from, if you remember the Aintree meeting he ran in December, it was absolutely brutal ground. And he's, he's just obviously taken a while to come back. Just on a point of handicapping, Dan, um, yes. obviously he's on the same mark as when just touched off at Kempton last week. But has he not been reassessed uh, from that? Or ha- has he been reassessed and the handicappers happy to leave him on the same mark? Well, I remember we had that similar scenario we were discussing on WhatsApp about Nettywell. Yeah. Um, well, he'd have he'd have been reassessed on Tuesday, but he'd have yeah. already been entered for this race on Monday with the mark as it stood, wouldn't he? Yes. Oh, was, oh right. So so basically He may whole... be due to go up in future handicaps. He might be two or three pounds higher next time. I'll, I'll double yeah. check. I, I, I should have had a look in the BHA So I just assumed um he I assumed he just hasn't been reassessed for this race. So it could well be that he's officially the best handicapped horse in the race, Heltonham. So, yeah, I thought at nine to one he'd be the way I lean, but I thought it was a really, really tricky race. But yeah, Heltonham at nine would be my uh, would be my one if anybody wants an investment. Okay, couple of votes then for Heltonham. Let's go up to back up north and to Doncaster. TC, I will start with you here. Um, Doncaster first race on ITV is the handicap chase over the two miles half a furlong and again competitive action we've got Hon Public and Tommy's Oscar five to two co-favorites currently Nube Negra is going to find this a touch easier but will he get his ground at 11 to four uh, Malistic in there is one of the older horses seven to one top few in here seven go to post um, competitive TC yeah um, <clears throat> just really reiterate about the ground it's Mixture of good to soft and soft at Donny. They've got about up to 12 mil. Again, that's been changing, but it does look to be fairly wet uh, tomorrow at Donny. So you might be looking at a soft ground there. I thought Numator was 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 half interesting here at 12 to 1. Now, 
the stable haven't had a jump winner since Numitor won at this meeting. Uh, not at this meeting, but one at Doncaster in March 2022. But um, yeah, that's just an incidental thing. They've had a couple of winners on the on the flat last month. I just thought off a falling handicap mark. Uh, of course, he's won at, uh, and I can see him getting an easy lead here. Now they hadn't um, they hadn't gone from the front one of him on the last two starts, but um, but yeah, surely they'll. You know, I think the lead is theirs to take in this race. Uh, I just thought for a falling handicap mark. Now, obviously, we don't know what levels of fitness he's at because he hasn't run since April, but he has won first time out in the past, albeit back in 2021. And I thought, I thought the twelves about Numitors was was the pick of the prices, but again, it's a it's a really really tricky race, and he's clearly not solid given that absence. Okay, a vote then for horse at a bigger price in there for TC Daryl. I'll come to you next. Here was it a race that you wanted to get involved in? It was during the week, yeah, because the Doncaster forecast was was looking dry. Um, so th there is. I've just looked again on the Met Office now, and Tony's right. There is plenty of a bit of rain due to due tomorrow. That's a worry for my anti post selection Nube Negra, um, who I think will he'll just. Like, I don't think he's that ground. I don't think he's as ground dependent as they think he might be. I, I mean, think obviously... he's very ground dependent. Yeah, not. I know, but I think it's. I just think he's been running well. In, 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 I just think he's been running at a level above himself, really. To be honest with you, throughout most of his career, this is the first time he drops out of grading company for a long, long time. And um, the cheek pieces go on. I think it's quite interesting. I thought he ran quite well at Kempton. Like it was soft. It was fairly soft that day. Last year he ran well at Kempton behind the uh, editor Dejit. It was soft ground that day. I thought he ran quite well at Cheltenham behind Alexa Denertz and John Bond. He made a mistake at the ninth, and but I thought he went well for a long way. I thought there was a little bit of spark there the last twice. I just think the the pace of this race, dropping out of grade one company, grade two company, I just think will suit him really well. He bolted up the only time he visited here in a novice hurdle, like ridiculously easy. So I don't think the course would be an issue. I'm hoping, you know, it's it's as good as it can be in, in, in terms of the ground. But I just think this is a welcome respite for him. And um, I think he could go really well. Yeah, I like the class drop angle with him. I am a bit mm. more concerned than you about the ground, though. But he is for sure going to find this shallower waters and that might just revive him a little bit. Would you be, be in a great stand or not? Well, I put up riders on the storm for you, Carl, for that race. I don't know if it was taken out or it was called off the other week. And he's a bigger price now, so I'm compelled to have a few shekels on him with on the belief that He's that price because he was expected to run so much better at Aintree, given his record there and his record fresh, freshened up again. But ultimately, I found this a fairly unappealing race. I get that they're just a group of horses, aren't they? The Barham Public, who basically has his limitations, you don't really know what you're going to get from any of them. And that obviously very much includes riders on the stall nowadays. And Richard Hobson has a few chances, doesn't he, up at Doncaster, which we'll get to in due course. But first, TC will cover the Mayor's Novices Hurdle, 310 over just, uh, well, three miles and a half of furlong. Luna Discovery is your 15 to 8 favourite. Ottazini in there for the Crawfords at 7 to 2. Seemed to fell, fall in the last day at a huge price. Uh, this is a tricky little contest, and you're the only man on the show brave enough to have a view in this, TC. Um, I think the obviously the two market leaders, Luna Discovery and Ottazini, you know, deserve to be there, but they both come with you know some quite severe doubts. I mean, Luna Discovery. Stamina, an unknown. 
Ottazine has got a three-pound penalty and is a, has a very, very hit-and-miss profile. So the more I looked at the race, the more I thought there might be a shock. Now, and I came down on Forgina. Um, Lucy Wadden, stable form, is very, very good. Um, and this mare is obviously improving. Now, clearly, she's currently rated 102, which is £23 shy of Luna Discovery, but she is a guaranteed stayer. She is on the up. And I just thought, you know, and that faking and win last time came in a good, came in a fair time. And she won well, despite the fact she made a horrendous blunder at the last. Now, like I said, it's it takes a leap of faith to back her, but she's she's 25 with the sports book, which I thought was very, very fair. And she's but you know, for the point of clarity, and we should always point out when there's bigger available elsewhere without naming the firms. They are, she's 40s and 33s elsewhere, but any 25s or bigger about Fajina is is um, is tempting for me. Because like I said, the more I looked at the race, the more I just thought he had potential blowout written all over it. Now, she is only rated 102, but, you know, the pedigree, you know, she's, she's three out of five since her cheat pieces were fitted. And also a pedigree will give you some, you know, some kind of like uh, encouragement that she's going to be a lot rated a lot higher than 102 now. She is by Kaif Tara out of a, a mare called United, who actually, I knew she was decent, but I didn't know she won a grade one from the yard in Ireland. Punchestown, and, uh, yeah. And she also finished um, third in grade ones at the likes of Aintree as well. So you've got a 102 rated mare. You know, I know the other siblings haven't come up to anything like United, but I just thought with the whole package involved, I thought for Gina at 25 to one or bigger was worth a swing in a race where, the two horses dominated the market. You can both take on for various reasons. Okay. Predicting a surprise there. Let's move on to the Grimthorpe guys. And I mentioned that Richard Hobson has um, a pretty big down Saturday with a good few runners up at Doncaster. I think he's got four runners, but some scope who's the favourite here at 11 to four for this Grimthorpe chase will be his best chance. Uh, he's really on the rise at the moment. And I heard him on Sky actually saying that he was hopeful that the weather forecast dried out a little bit. He will be taking on under supervision for the Twiston Davises at five to one, Java Point at seven to one, and River in there at eight. Those are your top few. Dan, I will start with you here. My question to you is how much scope is left in some scopes handicap, Mark? Oh, yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's plenty. Um I thought keeping the bad pun. That wasn't really a pun, was it? You just repeated the word scope. Um, I don't think that was a pun. <laughs> just a line. Um, I just feel, feel like this, Mark. I do think he's a really interesting horse. I mean, he's biting off a bit more this time, up in grade. It's a weak old race. Under supervision, has been pulled up on three of his last four starts, and he's five to one. Now, I know he's got history in this race. The two, I couldn't work out their price, and I think this market will be shaken up quite a bit. Um a half shot who last time was for him it was a really rare below par effort. <clears throat> you know, but long established my belief in him is he's been campaigned sometimes as an out and out stay when he really isn't, but he's basically really reliable and he'll travel well for a long way. There's definitely a trade there, but ultimately, why is Canondo Quetu 25 to 1 outside of the field? Um yeah, the the, the middle the the Utoxa race isn't mustard for the grade, and not really his entry, but he's a horse who's been progressive for ages. He's a classy operator who was competing in good quality novices towards the back end, and he ran in a race at Cheltenham off a break, 
the other day where I just assumed he was he needed the run. Um, just couldn't make him a 25 chance when you've got so many shots than him in the betting that I just wouldn't want... I mean, hidden heroics. I was at Warwick the day... Uh, Ludlow the day he absolutely fell in. Tricky ride, he's ridden by an inexperienced amateur. Um, Ashtown lad's been pulled up three times in a row. More peas than Captain Birdseye. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it. You see that landed, that joke? A rare one. A rare one, yeah. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's the dreaded stable form, as has been the theme of this pod. I don't think Sam's had a winner in a couple of weeks. And there was it Fenland Tiger bombed out in the Ida. Um, just just putting that out there for you, Dan. Uh, Daryl. Yeah, I'm going to go with does he know? Um, oh, for God, all the man. reasons that Dan has just outlined, basically about this race, oh. and it's a class angle again, dropping in, dropping in grade. Like I thought he went really well for probably ninety percent of the race at Newbury. Uh, probably just got found out on the tacky ground. There it was up against Shishkin and you know classy horses. This is the first time he if the, if there's good in the going description. This is the first time he'd have good in the going description for for a long, long time. The handicap has been. Quite quick to relent, really, considering last February's rate 158. He's only ran four times. He's now down to 149. Cheap pieces are going to go on for the first time, which I like uh, for Kim Bailey when Kim Bailey does this with his with his horses. I think this lad will really appreciate them. I'm hoping moving back to more forceful tactics. I'm hoping he'd just be able to kick on out in front and just perhaps stay there. He's definitely a classy horse. He's fairly handicapped. He's already won off 152 in a in a better race than this. I feel at Cheltenham. Um, albeit a while ago now, but does he know a double figure price for me for the class act in the race? He'll do. Okay, I quite like that angle with the the cheap pieces, and as you say, the handicapper has relented pretty quickly with him. Um, TC, do you see him? A, do you see him as the pace? I'm sure you probably do. And B, do you have any Kim Bailey headgear stats for us? You normally do. No, no. If I was tipping them, I'd have them to hand, but I couldn't have him. I didn't see. Oh, piss off. <laughs> Mm -hmm. oh, if you're tipping the horse in first time cheat pieces, have the relevant stats to hand. I said, I, I said, I look, I said, I like the headgear on the, on Kim Bailey's horses. You and, did, and I and I and I don't live by stats and stable form. I individual horses is what I work with, and I think he'll appreciate them. So stick that on. Why? I like it because because the way when he travels for his race, he likes to have a look around. That's why. He looks to have a good look around it. It'll help him travel a bit sweeter. He's not the most tricky. Go back and look at all the trainer quotes. He's a tricky horse. Getting a bit of headgear on him will definitely help him. I look, I've already. I don't need to repeat myself. I've, I already like this does he know angle. TC clearly doesn't. Well, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It'd be good to have some relevant stats to back it up. But, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, no, I can't I don't, can't see him making the pace. Um, oh. Well, I can't Why? see Why? Why? Because when's the last time he made the pace? I think Flash Colons and, and Dan's horse here, um, half shot, they're the most likely pace angles. Um, Kenondo Quay, was he was the one I was leaning towards, Dan, but like I said, he hasn't run since October. Um, and that obviously that's the worry. But I do like 25 is a big price, but I look more into it. The more I looked into it, the more I just think they might be having a run out. For the for the uh, Midlands National in two weeks' time because he's, he's obviously in that race and the horse has got a good record at Utoxeter. He finished a good third to Twig in the Summer Cup and he's won his other two starts there. So I'm just wondering whether 
they might give him an easy after that break. And I know two weeks isn't a long time to turn around, maybe go for the Midlands National because he has shaped as though maybe an extreme test of stamina might suit. It's a, it's a bit of a, but that, anyway, that was the, that was the one off-putting thing that. Um, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. That, yeah. But so, uh, yeah, I, I, on, on his back form, on the, on the entry run, um, I just the 25s, I agree, it is too big, but that was, that was just one nagging doubt in my head. Okay, um, guys, it's going to be time for your naps. Uh, I will give you a second to think about them because while you do that, I just want to give a shout out to Bet Bears Safer Gambling Tools. Of course, we're always encouraging safer gambling, as I said, always. Oh, before sorry we want you to have fun with it but you we want you to do it in a responsible way and safely and betfair safely gambling tools can help you do that basically they're easy to find on the website they're easy to apply you can set deposit and loss limits you can use the simple profit and loss tracker you can even set time checks for gaming as well and nearly 50% of our customers already use the safer gambling tools, which we're obviously delighted about, but we'd like to get that number up. So as they're there and they're easy to find, why wouldn't you use them? Give them a try if you haven't already. It just makes perfect sense. Uh, boys, that should have given you enough time to gather your thoughts. Calm down a second and give us your nap, please. So I will start with UTC, your nap. Uh, Corridor. Ah, come on. The 120 at Newbury. Come on, the Venetia Williams getting back to form just in time for Cheltenham, please. Uh, Daryl Carter, your nap, please. If it's uh, not, go on. No, it's, uh, it's Thunder Rock in the Premier Chase up at, Kel up at Kelso. Okay, Thunder Rock and Dan Barber, your nap. Um, music, oh, I can't go, I can't be burnt again with I write, so I'm going for Musical Slave in the Vets Handicap at Newbury. Beautiful. All right, look, boys, as always, thank you very much for your contributions. Uh, listeners and viewers out there, thank you for joining us too. Enjoy your weekend. As I said before, do it responsibly, have fun with it, and join us again on Monday where we will be back with Wade In. But for now, have a good one, guys. Yeah.